Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season finale of season one of Atomic Shot. I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. Lamar Siggy, and joining me is Chief Godzillaologist Tyler. Tyler, buddy, what's up? Thousands of years ago, Godzilla fought against his metallic doppelganger, Mecha Godzilla, but it was for naught, for he was murdered in combat via finger lasers of doom, and the robot overlords took over Japan. That was the future of 1974, which will happen again in oh the my. past. <laughs> oh, that was a round of applause. Alright, so we are here, like I said at the top, this is season one, I'm calling this season one, uh, the longest season we'll have, but this is is the the final movie of the Showa era, the unexpected finale, because just to jump ahead of ourselves a little bit, watching this movie and the ending, you don't really think that there's, it's a finale, it doesn't have that, it kind of does, but it, it like doesn't it like it leaves it open ended if anything. Yeah, it's kind of a weird ending. Uh, now that you mention it, yeah, uh, maybe they knew it beforehand. But uh, we'll talk more about like we'll talk about more of the upcoming Hayseer at the end of this episode to give you a sneak peek. Uh, but uh, for now, uh, this is Terror of Mechagodzilla. This is the last film of the Showa era. Uh, I can't believe we've made it. it. It feels like it's. I feel like we were in the drudge of like. The mid the mid sixties to early seventies, like oh god, it's 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 junior. Oh no, oh stock footage. God, god damn. I feel like once we hit Hetera, everything just started going good again. Honestly, yeah, I think it was at its worst when uh, All Monsters Attack reared its head. Yeah, yeah, for sh- for sure. It starts off really strong. The middle part is okay. And then once Hedera comes in, it's like, oh, fuck yeah, we're back. We're back as I hit my remote. Uh, but let's let's run down the stat sheets real quick. The stat sheet. Let's run down the card. Uh, this is Terra Mechagodzilla, initially released in March 15th, 1975. Uh, this is directed by Ishiro Honda, which I find it very, very cool that he started the, the, the Showa era and he ends the Showa era. Uh, so I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah, that's really fitting that it ends on the original director. Uh, produced by Tomiki Tanaka and Henry G. Uh, Saperstein, who's an American film producer, which is interesting. The first time an American has been credited with any of these movies. Um, Tyler, do you have this movie's English version, or is it just called Terror of Mechagodzilla? Uh, I believe it's just called Ter- Terror of Mechagodzilla. I haven't seen the English version. Okay, because I think it's the last one was called Godzilla vs. the Cosmic Being or some shit like that, I think. Um, I could be wrong. But this is written by Yukiko Taka- Takayama, which is the first female writer to write a Godzilla movie. And I think it shows, honestly. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, this and stars Katsuhiko Sa- uh, Sa- uh, Sasaki, uh, Tomo- uh, Tomoko Ai... I, I apologize, I don't know how to pronounce that last one, even though it's just AI. Um, but also, starring Akihiko Harata, he's back once again. Uh, uh, Katsumasa Uchida, Goro Mutsumi, Taldo Nakamura, and Toru Kawaii. Music by once again is Akira Fukube, uh, with a run, and like I said, released March 9th, 15th, 1975. Runtime of 83 minutes, with a budget of 1.2 million, with a box of 330 million yen, 20 million worldwide. Even though this is actually, I just to jump ahead of ourselves, this is the lowest earning 
Godzilla movie of all time, I think. That would probably explain why it's the final film in the show era. Yeah, just stop making money. So, l- let's get right in, into the plot, because for the past, since Hedera, or at least since, God, I want to say after Godzilla, after um, at least Invasion of Astral Monster, starting with Invasion of Astral Monster, Godzilla starts to turn into more of this family fun, friendly film. A couple of little, like, what the fucks? But this movie is like a turn back a little bit. Do you agree with that or not, Tyler? Um, I still perceive him as like the ultimate hero of the film. Um, like I don't feel any of the maliciousness that he once had before back in the beginning of uh, the original Gojira. Well, okay, I, sh- I should rephrase that. Well, obviously Godzilla hasn't changed, right? He's still pretty much the defender of the earth. And I'm talking about in terms of tone. This is a very different tone of movie than the previous, let's say, I guess, since Hedera, that we've gone through. Like, it's not, I don't think it's just not the same. Um, I think it's around the same tone as, like, say, Ghidorah, the Three-Headed Monster, or any films like that. Okay, I feel you. I, honestly, me watching this movie, and I watched this last year for the first time, because I've never seen this, because unlike the other Godzilla movies... Which they're kind of connected. Like we talked about that, right? Where like the ending of the movie, and then where Godzilla shows up. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like it's a sequel, but they never really say it's a sequel. This is actually a sequel to Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla because at the beginning of the movie, uh, that this uh, people who work for I guess it's the UN or something like that, or, or at least uh, agency within Japan, uh, they're looking for the pieces of Mechagodzilla that, like, when he exploded at, off of Okinawa. At first, I thought it was kind of weird because I figured, are they really going to try to build Mecha Godzilla again? That's like if the Batman killed Joker and the Gotham City Police Department wanted to put the pieces of Joker back together and bring him back to life. You know, but that's not the case. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, that's well. I think they're just trying to make sure like they have it so nobody else can use it. Um, so, but this is a true sequel. But interesting, this is by Ishiro Honda. I really, I, man, I don't know about you, man. I don't think he completely nails it, but I honestly think he was trying to channel as much of the 54-ness as much as he could within the current era as he could. Yeah, I could see shades of it here and there, but on the whole, it still feels like a, a sort of goofy Godzilla movie, but not entirely. Right. It, like, it, it's sort of a weird middle ground. Exactly. Like, there's definitely some more... Emo- I feel like there's more emotional connection with at least um, the two... At least two of the characters um, with uh, with Dr. Mafune, who's played by Akihiro Harata, which I love that he's in the first one and he's in the last one. Although he's unrecognizable in this one because he's wearing makeup and he has... I recognize ring- him... I recognize him immediately. Okay. It's like, hey, it's Sarazawa again. He got old. Yeah, he got very old very fast, and so we saw him in the last movie. Um, honestly, I didn't. It wasn't until the flashbacks when they show him. We'll go more into Dr. Mifune's story uh, in a minute, but just talking about the movie as a whole, like, it's a somber... I, to me, I, I, I describe it as a somber movie. Like, even, like, when Godzilla shows up, like, that's cool, and there's some really cool fighting stuff, but I feel like the... I feel like Honda was trying to make the human element matter more without because like Fukuda tr- did it with like giving his human something to do, like either doing crazy stunts or doing something outlandish. But 
uh, Honda, obviously, we talked, we, nothing has yet and uh, has topped the acting prowess of 54. Uh, I feel like he was trying to get that out of this new cast within the trappings of a happier Godzilla versus, you know, the, the, the ominous beast of atomic destruction. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do uh, to recapture that feeling of uh, your original work. It's kind of like what Lucas tried to do with the Star Wars prequels versus the originals. Right. Except I, I don't think. Except I think he succeeds for the most part. Except when you get to the fighting stuff, and then it gets kind of like, oh, okay, it's it's a seventies Godzilla film, all right. Um, but uh, so let, let's let's talk about the overall story. So basically, like I said, Godzilla, Mechagodzilla has been defeated since the last movie, and now they're looking for it. And these scientists, this group of scientists, are I'm, I'm assuming it's in the Sea of Japan, are looking for it, and they're attacked by this dinosaur. Um, and they and they call it a dinosaur, Titanosaurus, who we'll go into more. He's the new monster for this movie. Uh, he's seemingly attacked, uh, and then we learn as we go further on. That it, a Dr. Mafune, played by Akihiro Hirata, um, basically credited himself with discovering this monster, but nobody believed him. Which I find odd because, like, you're willing to, you know, Godzilla exists. You've seen the crazy shit that's been going on since 1954, but no, there can't be an aquatic dinosaur. That's no, no way. Yeah, I found that kind of weird too. Like, like the time frame for that just feels kind of off to me. Especially when this is like, like even if like say the other movies before Mecha Godzilla, Godzilla vs Mechagodzilla don't matter. Even before that, like you know Godzilla exists, so why would like it, it's it's an odd thing? You know Godzilla's been around, like it's it's odd, like it just and especially watching him. If, I think if you watch this movie by itself, maybe it doesn't feel all that like it's like not that outlandish. But, like, you live in Japan. You've been attacked by Godzilla multiple times. You've been attacked by monsters and saved by Godzilla multiple times. But, no, Titanosaurus can't be real. It's a myth. It's a dinosaur. No way. Oh, it's Godzilla. There's there's no way Titanosaurus is real. He isn't under my bed. Okay, yeah, exactly. Um, so, and that leads to uh, Dr. Mifune, who, has, who was the expert, and they try to find him, but they're told he's dead by his daughter, who's played by... Um, uh, Tomoko Ai, who has Katsura, uh, and, and we learned that Dr. Mifune is very much not dead, and that he pretty much is bitter towards humanity. And but, turned into Colonel Sanders. It turned into, basically turned into Colonel Sanders. Um, God, you should... It, it, this is a, like a comedy dub waiting to happen, where he just, you just give uh, Mifune uh, the Colonel Sanders uh, talk. Like, I say, we're gonna be a Godzilla again and just take over the this world this titanosaurus is finger looking good yes that's that's a dub waiting to happen and i do not have the time nor the energy to do that so somebody could take that idea and do it um but it's it and it, we learned that uh, mifune is working with the the same aliens from i i was initially like are they the same aliens and then we saw the jump suits okay it's the same aliens as the last time uh, even the same leader like he survived somehow uh him and his cool ass shades um uh, and they're basically trying to bring back Mechagodzilla, and they use this device that Mifune had created to help have Titanosaurus help him, and basically take over humanity. So that's that's and, and Godzilla just happen just shows up, like he's pretty again, I feel, yeah. much like a shonen protagonist, just, yeah, uh, shows up for the convenience of the plot. 
Exactly. And I feel like this is the least time, least amount of time we've seen Godzilla in a while. Because the past couple of movies, he's in it pretty regularly. Versus here, he's not in it till like, the last chunk of the movie. Yeah, like, I understand because Godzilla isn't in the title this time, so he isn't really the core focus of the film. Right. The, the core focus is really Dr. Mifune, his daughter Katsura, and then uh, the one played by uh, Goro Muchimo. Not, not Goro. Um, God, what's his name? Uh, uh, who's played by who's uh, Akira Ichinose? Who's the he's the he's the marine biologist who's basically the lead in trying to find out what's going on with this Titanosaurus thing, and so they're the focus. Those three are the focus, and along the, with the black hole, uh, as they're called in the Wikipedia, um, the black hole aliens. Um, yeah, black hole planet three. Yeah, like and it's odd because like you have so like, how do you how do you feel about in focusing on this story because it's I think to me it's a tragic story especially when you, can, when you consider it when you factor in Dr. Mifune and, and Katsura's fate which we'll, which we'll reveal in a second but how do you feel about that it was more this movie's much more human focused than say monster focused um I'd say it's probably a good call I think um definitely uh the Doctor and Katsura are the most fascinating characters in the entire film bar none Right. And uh, their character study is fascinating, but I don't know about this one. Like, I don't think uh, the the tone that they're going for matches with the whole Mechagodzilla thing, you know? It, it's a weird contrast, right? Because you have, like, these deep emotional moments. So, just to get out of the way, is, you know, um, we learn that Dr. Mifune is a, is a disgraced scientist. Uh, his wife was killed or, or died. So he, you know, he's bitter. He, he lost his job. His wife is dead. And then through flashbacks, which is tragic yet oddly funny, and it's not supposed to be funny, but I found it funny. Uh, we learn in a flashback sequence that because uh, Katsura starts to develop seemingly develop fe- feelings for Ichinose, uh, the marine biologist basically is coming around. And he's like, "Hey, you're kind of cute. You know, you can help us. You know." And she's and but we learned that Katsura died pretty much. Um, and that, and this is the part where I think it's like unintentionally funny. After she dies in the basement, in in their basement, they're conducting some kind of experiment. The black hole aliens just come in, like 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 on cue, like oh, is she dead? Is she uh, going, going, go, going? And then they just take her away, and they and they basically make her a cyborg. They they bring oh, her back man. to life. Basically, the full war treatment. Yeah, pretty much, and so like, and and like, there's a really chilling scene where the commander is like talking to her, like, "You have no heart, you're cold," and I'm like, that to me was a good scene, like, kind of reminding her, like, like it was terrifying and also really like terrible, um, like, but it was such a well to me, it's like a well acted scene, as goofy as it is. You have this guy in these big seventies shades, you know, this alien tell tell this woman who's a cyborg, when you say it like that. It sounds outlandish, but when you look at the scene itself, it's a very terrifying moment, and like, and, and like almost that breakthrough moment you need to, to like fully side with Katsura, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Out of context, uh, the scene definitely feels odd, but in context, the scene works. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, uh, and I feel like there's a lot of conflict of interest. There's there's good drama. 
So, because you have Katsura, who clearly doesn't want to hurt Ichinose. She doesn't want to use, uh, have Titanosaurus be used as a, like, as a weapon of evil. Because Titanosaurus, is said in the movie, is, is, a, is a monster of Pete. It's not a monster who's a, who attacks, unless it's provoked. So they're manipulating the poor thing uh, to, to fight along Mechagodzilla. And then you have Mufune, who's only doing this as a favor because they saved his daughter. So even, like he also hates humanity, but there's still a sense that he probably wouldn't be doing this if his daughter was gone. You know, if his daughter didn't live, if Katsura didn't live, rather. Uh, he probably would have found a way to do it anyway, but it would have made him less redeemable. Right. You're probably right in that. Like, like him, you know, just, I'm doing this for you, or, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, and to me, like, that was the best part, because, like, like, it's, a, it's a tragic love story. And, like, I agree with you. I, I kind of agree with you, how, like, it... it it works, but it also feels weird, especially when you when the goofier elements come in. Like it's a weird, it doesn't go one hundred percent all the way. Like I, th- I think the goofier stuff kind of hurts that stuff in in large in, in retrospect. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a Yahtzee quote: "You can't tell a Lord of the Rings style story using finger puppets." Right. I mean, I, I and I agree to that degree because I do think there's some effective, like really good dramatic scenes in this movie. Um, but then there's also goofy shit too, um, unintentional or not. Um, but l- let's talk about the like the big moment that happens in the movie. So, you know, without getting too much into the fight, uh, Katsura is. We learned that Katsura had a had the uh, control plate panel for God- Mechagodzilla put into her at some point. In fact, this is actually the first, the only Godzilla movie with partial nudity in it. Um, but it's a mannequin, so relax, like. Don't like, don't get excited. It's just it's it's you know they they're doing surgery on her, but put it away, you perverts. Exactly. Uh, but like, uh, Katsura gets attacked. She gets shot at. Um, she's wounded, and like she learns, I guess through somehow that she knows that Mechagodzilla's control panel is in her. So like, and Ichinose goes to her and like pleading with her to like let's just go away. You know, like this. You know, we can we don't have to do this. Tyler, did you expect her to shoot herself, to kill herself, basically? I was not expecting that at all. In fact, I was actually expecting a happy-go-lucky ending, like most of these uh, movies were going for. Right. Uh, it's such an unexpected twist, um, in all honesty. Like, I, I, can't, I can't imagine, like, like, this is a movie... Like, I don't know, like, that's what's weird about it, right? Because, like, this is... Godzilla's supposed to be for kids at this point... But, like, you just had this woman murder herself. I mean, maybe it's because she sacrificed herself for the greater good. That happens in movies all the time. But the fact that she took up, she basically shot herself in the stomach, basically killing her, you know, all the circuitry going out. Like, to me, I, like, I kind of started weeping a little bit because, like, she just wanted to be human and save people. Like, she didn't ask for any of this. Yeah, I guess the terror and terror Mechagodzilla is fitting in that regard. Right. So... I, th- I I I'm gonna be bold here, Tyler, and I say I'll say this is the best like story since probably the first one, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. Like most of the other films are serviceable and are kind of schlocky in some instances, right? But yeah, this is probably the second most serious and uh, more or less well thought out. Uh, plot in the whole franchise thus far 
yeah it's it's like it's kind of a downer ending too like it's a like even like the without getting to, like too much in the ending you know obviously Godzilla, Godzilla wins what a shock <laughs> um, although in one in one movie we're gonna talk about in the next the next season doesn't win <laughs> uh, well he does and he doesn't it's whatever um like it's a it feels like a downer ending in all in in retros in like when I watched it the second time like uh Katsura is dead yeah Godzilla won but like he's like somberly walking is swim like walking into the water off into the sunset like it's a real yeah what do you think about that uh it gave me uh Batman Returns kind of vibe the way that film ended okay because you know it because it's incredibly bittersweet right oh yeah because in that movie you know Catwoman. Like she dies and yeah yeah no I get I get that okay I didn't expect the Batman Returns reference on this episode but here we are um, okay so let's let's talk about monsters okay like I, I and maybe that's controversial to say because there's been some solid okay stories like maybe maybe you could say Mothra versus Godzilla was was a good one because I think actually that one was a good one but I think from an acting standpoint as silly as some of this mo- the stuff in this movie is. There's some powerful moments in here that I think over that hit more than miss. Yeah, I'll agree with that. All right, so let's talk about Titanosaurus because we already talked about Mechagodzilla a lot in the last movie, and he's kind of just here again. Uh, what do you think about Titanosaurus? Uh, I'm I honestly feel a bit indifferent to this one, to be honest. Okay, like uh. Basically, his whole deal is he's just a sea monster. Uh, okay, sure. We've already seen that with Manda and even with Godzilla himself. I'm not really impressed. I think he has a unique design. Like, he has a long, angular body. I like that he has his his tail can expand and basically create hurricane gust-sized winds. Like, and I think his roar, while kind of annoying, I think is I think is pretty unique. Um, and it, it definitely sounds like a screaming goat, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe that's where they got the audio from, and they just tweaked, like tweaked it in the in, in the in the edit or something like that. Probably. Um, yeah, like it, he's a very unique monster. Um, I think, like, I mean, maybe he's not that unique because, like, he doesn't stick out this much. He doesn't come back ever again. Um, as much as like other like hell, even like I said, King Caesar comes back one more time, but no, no, no. Maybe Titanosaurus is just happy living in the sea, because uh, the only reason he's even here, like we said, is that he's manipulated by uh, by uh, black hole aliens and Doctor Colonel Sanders. Exactly, Doctor Colonel Mufune Sanders. <laughs> um, but I think like. It, I mean, it's definitely a step down from like Hetera. Mechagodzilla himself. Um, I'm forgetting one more, aren't I? Um, Ghidorah, Gigan. It's definitely a bit of a step down, in my opinion. Yeah, he's definitely kind of a just there kind of monster. Right, and it's kind of feel like, like, and I think the only reason he's there is to up the stakes for the fight against Godzilla because uh, slights, you know, slight jump ahead to the fight. There's no tag team partner with Godzilla in this movie. He has to take on both. Godzilla, uh, Mechagodzilla, and Titanosaurus by himself. And as we've seen before, he's more than capable of doing that. I mean, he was able to take on Megalon and Gigan by himself at one point. That's true. That's 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 right. But I feel I feel like considering the tone of the movie, they definitely made it an emphasis that like, 
I mean, if you factor in the last movie, um, Mechagodzilla nearly killed him twice. Like, it, like he, you know, cut him open several times. Like, it, like the only reason Godzilla even won that fight was because he pulled out his magnetic bullshit powers. Fucking magnets. How do they work? Yeah. Spoiler alert. He doesn't do that in this movie. Um, but so I, I think I think it's safe to say both you and I agree that Tessinosaurus. Well, I like certain aspects of the design. I think. It just it, it it falls short of what's come before, in all honesty. Yeah, in terms of personality, it's supposed to be the nice monster. Like you're supposed to feel sorry for it. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't feel that. No, I I get it. You know, because they don't really do much. I mean, most of the time it's like acting like uh, when when it's under control under under the black hole's control, it's very like you know happy to do what it's doing. But let's get into the fights. Uh, which I, I want to say thank you, uh, Honda, for giving me the epic Godzilla punt that I've always been waiting for. Because there's a point in this fight, very early on, that Godzilla gets kicked, and he goes flying, and it's the funny, just, <laughs> the Godzilla just sideways, and oh my god, it's so fucking hilarious. That shit happens twice in the yeah, same he, fight. Yeah, so, I mean, we've seen Godzilla kick, get his ass kicked before, but like, god damn, they really wanted him to get his ass kicked in this movie. Like, that's a field goal for the ages right there. It puts uh, Jaguar getting kicked around like a soccer ball to shame. Pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, and honestly, well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you my two favorite shots from the, from the fight. And they're not even from the fight. but it's, and, and they do it twice, which is, it's such a cool little trick. They pull the camera back. It's the, the first time was when Titanosaurus shows up by himself and Godzilla shows up. And, like, they do this cool, like... Like, you see Godzilla in the foreground, and, like, they're facing off against each other, the camera's pulled out wide, and the camera kind of does, like, a, like, a, I don't know what the term is, like, it follows them, so it does, like, a, like, a, like, a, like, it's on, it's, like, on a rail, and it's, it's, like, doing a half circle, and you see, like, it does a sweeping of the landscape, it looks so cool, it's like they're filming it, like, a, uh, like a showdown, like a, like a cowboy showdown, two gunslingers about to duel for the first, about to duel. Yeah, that shot was super cool, like, uh... It starts off with seeing Godzilla's silhouette in, in the background, and the next shot you see uh, an atomic blast hitting Titanosaurus, it goes back to Godzilla coming up on dry land. Exactly. Like, that is pure WWE wrestler entrance right there. Yeah. All and it needs it, is the theme music. Exactly. And then they do it again when Mechagodzilla shows up, so it's like literally the one-on-two on, one standoff. It's such a cool shot. Like it, it's it's the best shot in the it, those two shots the while they're the same they're they're the one I most remember out of this movie honestly yeah most deaf the other uh, scene that uh, always puts a smile on my face whether it's supposed to be intentional or not is when Titanosaurus uh, gets a hold of Godzilla's nose by biting his mouth. Yeah. And just lifting him up and down. Oh just my god! Slamming him on the ground. Like, while this movie is not like meme field, like say Godzilla vs. Gigan or even Godzilla vs. Megalon or Hedera, that right there is just how is that not a gif? Right? Like that should be gifts you should be able to find. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um. Yeah. And, and by the way, yeah. It, the fights aren't very long. There's a lot of intercutting between the human stuff, which I think it's good because the human stuff was actually interesting this time. Um, but to me, like when the Godzilla fights, the, when the fights actually happen, it feels like it actually means something. Although I do call like this is like the 
the I call it the um the Gamera moment is when I think it's Titanosaurus who's about to crush these kids and then all of a sudden one of them says, Godzilla and then literally next 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 frame, Godzilla shows up. I'm like, Where'd you come from? Where were you? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that was in direct response to the whole Gamera thing because they were going on at the time, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, they were pretty much I mean, Gamera wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire, but it was a competitor, nonetheless. Like, it was definitely probably Japan's second favorite big monster. Um, I mean, you know, and people still talk about it today. But that, to me, is like, yeah, that's a Gamera thing. Like, they they took that, like, the child calls for Godzilla, and Godzilla appears. There he is. Um, But, and I think, honestly, Akira Fukube's score lends much to these fights. Because you, like, you get the cheer, triumphant theme of Godzilla when he shows up. Oh, God, it's, it's... Well, the fight the fights aren't super spectacular, or memorable. I mean, yeah, you get the fireworks show from Mechagodzilla again. I think a lot of it is carried by a Fukube score and then just some of the ridiculous stuff they have the Tenosaurus do. Oh yeah, I I will definitely agree with that. Uh and Godzilla and Godzilla gets buried in sand in the, in the rock like twice, um, and and he's definitely more humanistic in this fight where he's like literally boxing. Again, with Titanosaurus, like, super up close. Yeah. Like, the, the part that gets me about that scene is, uh, as soon as Godzilla is uh, buried under the ground, Titanosaurus is just stomping on it, trying to find that, uh, that if he's still under there. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, he's like, rah, rah, you know, just like that. Um, but I, I think, I don't, I, well, I think we've seen better fights but I think these fights were good, if that's... Like, I don't mean to insult the, these fights, because I feel like it sounds like I'm insulting them. Oh, no, I, I definitely understand where you're getting at. Okay, yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, they're fine fights, but I thought the fight from the last movie, uh, Mechagodzilla, was a lot what are a lot better from these ones. Um, and like, and even that when he gets to fight Mechagodzilla one-on-one, it doesn't feel nearly as like epic as it should be. Uh, even with that establishing shot of, you know, like I said about the, you know, the gunslinger pose. Yeah, Mechagodzilla is really underplayed in this movie compared to the last one. Right. So, it just kind of dulls his impact a bit. A little bit, but we do get Godzilla ripping its head off, so that's, that's a good moment. Um. That's no way to get ahead in life. <laughs> oh, man, that, that, thank you for that pun, Tyler. Thank you so much. I'm not agonizing. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, uh... But I think it has to do with the fact that Honda just... Maybe the focus wasn't nearly on the monsters this time. And he wanted to tell a human story. Which, you know, that that's commendable. In all honesty. Sometimes you have to use the bullshit, the craziness, to tell a heartwarming story. And it works. I mean, just look at Avengers Endgame. They still do that shit. Let's do time travel, but we're gonna make you cry like a bitch because Tony Stark sacrificed himself. How about that? Ah, uh, now I'm gonna cry again. Yeah. Uh, love you three thousand. Um, so I, I think I think we're I think we're done. I, I think I think that's any, anything else. Any to- what, what do you got? What notes you got, T man? Uh, let's see. Apparently, um, as soon as uh, the aliens are established uh, in the very first scene that they appear in, they comment that uh, airplanes are garbage. <laughs> I mean, they are. They, they I literally... mean, they're they're not wrong. They, it's literally recycled air when you're in an airplane, uh, uh, what is it called? The, the, in the air. smoke. 
Yeah, well, like, just breathing. Like, it, your air gets circulating, you're circulating the same air for however long you're in there. So, yeah, they're not wrong. Airplanes are trash. They're fun to fly, but goddamn, I hate, like, I, I, shout-outs to anybody who can be on those planes for more than, like, three hours. Because, for me, the longest flight I've ever been on is three hours. And I want to get off after those three hours. Like, and you get off. <laughs> Maybe I can't go to Japan after all, because that's, like, a 12-hour flight or some shit, like, or some crazy shit like that. Oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, the only other thing I wanted to say is that uh, while the fight between uh, the monsters is going on and they intercut with the human stuff, I remember, I recall one of the aliens saying, I'm going to bring about an orgy of violence, which is a pretty metal quote, if you ask me. That is that is pretty badass. Uh, I don't remember that, but that that's, that's pretty cool. All right. So... Let's before we start talking about like the ending of the Showa era and sort of like brief thoughts in the Showa era before we give our heartful goodbyes for now, uh, and then a little sneak peek into the Heisei era. Tyler, let's go to the ratings board and let's rate Terra Mechagodzilla. What do you give it? I'll give this one a three and a half out of five. Mechagodzilla was a promising lead antagonist from the previous film and is as cool as ever, but he's underplayed in this movie. Aside from Katsura and the Doctor, the cast is a bit unmemorable, and it only serves to drive the plot. The climax feels short and ends abruptly, and for the end of the show era Godzilla films, it's not a fulfilling ending, to be honest. Overall, it's a decent flick, but I prefer Mech- Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla over this one. I'm going to give the same rating as you, 3 out of 5. I think it Honda tried to do something, but given the restraints he probably had to work under, it didn't always work. I I pretty much agree with you. Like the first one's a lot better. Uh, sometimes the sequel is better, um, but not always. Uh, sometimes you just don't you can't fuck with an original. Uh, even though we said that the original Last wasn't that us? good. Uh, what was that? Last of Us. Last yeah, exactly. That's a, that's an example. <laughs> um, that's definitely an example. It, like I, but I admire what. Honda wanted to do like his intentions were very clear from the moment this movie started um it was definitely a, a, a trying to capture somewhat of that heartfelt magic from the first movie all the way back from 1954 and I agree with you it's odd because I don't think this was supposed to be the last one uh the only reason it was the last one is because of financial reasons because like, it wasn't making money anymore yeah it's kind of sad in hindsight like Honda wanted to make an emotionally driven movie, and it ended up uh, being the end of the show era. Yeah, um, and who knows? Like, who, like who knows how different things would have played out? Who knows how many more unique monsters would have gotten? But let's 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 give a sneak peek into the Heisei era, uh, and by sneak peek in that Godzilla goes away, like literally. For, this is the last time you see him, March 1975. You do not, we do not get to Godzilla Returns or Godzilla 1985 till 1984. 19, it comes out, it's called Godzilla 1985, so released in Japan in 1984. So yeah, almost nine, right. nine, ten years without a Godzilla movie. Yeah, that seems like a bigger gap uh, in between uh, Godzilla Raids Again and King Kong versus Godzilla, because I think that was seven years. Yeah, just just about. It's a little bit longer, which which is crazy to think about. Um, so that just to give anybody a sense, that's the first movie we'll, we'll be start up. And just to drop a little surprise, it is kind of a reboot. Um, 
And also kind of a sequel, maybe? It's a, it's a sequel boot. Sequel boot. Okay. I'll it's go a, with that. Yeah, sequel boot. But we'll talk... Uh, and like I said, just before... Because Tyler has something to say. Before we say our goodbyes. Uh, we will be taking a two-week break because we need to set some things up. Uh, behind the scenes. Get ready for season two. Uh, so just let you know... There is no, unlike these movies, where thankfully um, the Criterion Collection put out this nice, lovely display of the show era movies, there has been no announcement made of uh, a Heisei era getting the same treatment. Has less movies, but definitely just as memorable to Godzilla fans. Um, so for now, if you want to watch with us, most of these movies you can find on Amazon for like 10 to 15 bucks. With the exception of one movie. And I'll tell you right oh, now. God. I'm going to tell you right now because don't go for the Blu-ray for this one. Just if you can find a DVD copy, be happy. I'm telling you right now. The one movie would, that we might cause this show to be delayed is because we couldn't get our copies in time or other shenanigans. Is Godzilla vs. Biollante, which is the second movie in the series. Um... And it's also out of print on Blu-ray and out of print on DVD. You cannot order like a new one, but for some reason, you can still buy every other movie, like the other Godzilla, Biollante, Ghidorah, Mothra, Mechagodzilla, Space Godzilla, other six movies, seven, whatever. I'm not miscounted. Um, so just to let y'all know. Uh, but that will come. The plan is to come back in two weeks. For the for season two, uh, so that, and we run weekly, uh, so, uh, when so that we won't have any problems. Because I already own the movies except for Balanti. But uh, Tyler, you have something to say before we give our plugs and goodbyes. Oh yeah, uh, I just want to thank uh, all the dudes at uh, Charshot dot com, uh, mainly Thomas and Justin, uh, and you of course, Ben. Uh, for uh, letting me on this uh, little project. This was super fun to do, and I'm happy to keep doing this. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, it's, it's been a, it's, it's a dream, you know, because sometimes you hear horror stories of podcasts starting and podcasts just not finishing or other stuff comes up, but I'm really proud that, you know, we're going to finish them all, people. Like, we're not stopping here. We're going to watch every Godzilla movie. Uh, or at least Ain't every no getting time. off this train. Exactly. We're going to watch every uh, mainline Godzilla movie, uh, including the American 98 one. God damn it. We're inching close to... I can't to... rip that one apart. Oh, that's going to be that's gonna be a roast episode. I feel it. I feel like I should get drunk for that one. But we're going to do it. But I, I really... I just... I guess I'll say my words. I really appreciate the support we've gotten um, from Thomas and everybody. Uh, it's this is This is a passion project. Um, you know, I've been wanting, I, like, everybody knows how much I love Godzilla. Um, Tyler, everybody knows how much Tyler loves Godzilla, obviously. Um, it's so much fun to, uh, talk about these movies in, like, I, and, and honestly, I feel, I feel like we were good on it being, not, not wrapping it too much in the minutia, but that we were, like, if you were not a cat, if you never watched Godzilla movie before, you could watch it with us. And then get a comprehensive review of it after you watch the movie, and not be like super into it, but also learn stuff. Yeah, um, that's a experiment that uh, I'm trying with uh, my sister's boyfriend because he's starting to watch Godzilla films seriously. Uh, all because I started doing this, and that's nice. cool. 
That is that is very cool. Again, Godzilla isn't for everybody, but Godzilla is for everybody. If that makes any sense. Um, so uh, let's let's get out of here uh, as we get up ready for the Heisei era. Um, Tyler, where can people find you at, man? You can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Tie. I also stream stuff on uh, Twitch.tv backslash Tie Your Shoes One. Right now, I am doing a full playthrough of the original Pokemon Red. I am about three and a half hours in so far, and uh, I'm having a bit of fun. Uh, also, uh, since we are taking a two-week break from Atomic Shot for the time being, I will still be producing uh, content for it. Uh, bi-weekly, you'll find a series of short videos uh, titled EX Atomic Shot, where I will take short looks at the Godzilla games that I currently own. Uh, so look forward to that. That'll be cool. So yeah, the, the mainline the main show's going away for a bit, but Tyler's got your back. And then, of course, we'll be back in full force with the Heisei era. Not as long as the show era, but hey, it still gets all the same love. You can find me at twitter.com slash MarvelousSiggy for all things related to the Marvelous One. And uh, you can find me live every Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Center Time. And every Wednesday... At 6 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Iggy2814. It's Halloween, so we're playing a lot of, maybe not horror games, but definitely Halloween-inspired, although Walking Dead is horror. But look for uh, 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 Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, the 8-bit version, uh, the first one, because I refuse to see the second. The good one. Uh, not, not the Metroidvania one, but the good one. Um Look for that, and then maybe something else in the plan. Maybe a Resident Evil, maybe a Resident Evil tr- attempt. We'll see. It's month of October is not that long. Uh, and then of course check the pin tweet in my Twitter account where you can check out my Chun Li is in Smash video. Uh, Chun Li for Smash in video. She's not in Smash yet. Maybe she will be. Who knows? Uh, there's a chance. Say. There's there's a chance. I mean, fucking Minecraft season there. So why the fuck not? Come on, Sakurai. <laughs> Come on, Sakurai, let's go. Um, and then, of course, go to chartshop.com every Friday. Me, Thomas, and Justin uh, stream uh, stream the show where we talk about the week we've, the week we've been playing video games and the news of video games of the week. Uh, look for that. Also, check out our wonderful Discord uh, at Chartshot. It's, it's a great place to hang out. Uh, lots of fun memes, lots of good people. Um, and me and Thomas also, we do wrestling watch-alongs. We do, we do all a bunch of stuff for Atomic Shot. Uh, this is just another branch of it. So thank you, everybody, for coming on this journey for us. It's not over yet, but the first door is officially closed. We will see you all in hopefully two weeks for the Heisei era. Until then, go, go, Godzilla. The future depends on it, and so does the past. And your dog showed up at the uh, just now. <laughs>